Welcome to the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report, an hour-long Aggie football show heard weekly on the CRM Sports Network in this station. I'm your host, Gabe Bach. The 24th-ranked Aggies square off with number one for the second time this season. In fact, since the AP poll era began in 1936, only five teams have played number one twice in a season. The Aggies played Clemson in week two, and they're playing Alabama this weekend. And now A&M, interestingly enough, is one of those five teams that have played number one in the number one ranked team in the AP poll twice in a season. They did that in 1970 against Ohio State and the Texas Longhorns. The Aggies are three and two. Bama's five and zero. Oh, they're perfect, and they are. But are they perfect in terms of what they do? Interesting. Are there some elements that A and M can get to them? But they are perfect at five and zero oh on the year. The number one ranked team in the country. It's a two thirty kick. CBS Saturday at Kyle Field. So let's get it on. Coming up on the program, we're going to dive into this matchup between the Ags and the Tide in roundtable style, featuring Tex Ags columnist Olin Buchanan and local beat writers Brent Zwerneman of the Houston Chronicle. Robert Cessna of the Bryan College Station Eagle and Eagle reporter Travis Brown. We'll also hear from Cole Kublik of the SEC Network and we'll hear from former Alabama player and former A&M head football coach Jackie Sherrill. We'll do that and much more next on the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over-the-counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How do I feel? Awesome. Like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Hundreds of thousands of people are discovering the relief of a fixed-rate debt consolidation loan through Avant. I paid off all my credit cards, and now I just have one easy monthly payment with Avant. And I don't have to worry about the rates going up. Avant offers you access to unsecured debt consolidation loans from $2,000 to $35,000. When I saw Avant was accredited by the Better Business Bureau, I knew that was the company for me. Do you know how good it feels to only worry about one monthly payment? Experience the relief of a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5252 when applying. Avant.com code 5252. That's Avant.com code 5252. This is a cow. A cow whose milk became everyone's favorite cheese at the craft fair. But cheese only lasts so long. The impression a small business makes needs to last much longer. And now Vistaprint is introducing free shipping on all business cards in any quantity. Choose from hundreds of fresh designs tailored to your type of company. Or upload your own. The choice is yours. The time is now. For a limited time only, get free shipping on all business cards in any quantity with promo code 9999. That's promo code 9999 at Vistaprint.com. Vistaprint. Own the now. Hi, Gabe Bach here from TechSags Radio, and if you're not currently a premium or varsity-level subscriber to TechSags.com, what are you waiting for? TechSags.com is the inside source for all things Aggie sports, the leaders in breaking news coverage, in-depth analysis, recruiting scoop, and more. Whether it's exclusive long-form interviews with Aggie players and coaches or insight on the next big recruit on his way to Aggieland, nobody covers A&M like TechSags. Jump on board now and don't miss out on the very best in A&M sports coverage. It's TechSags.com. Welcome back. Gabe Bach with you. It is the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. We welcome in the studio right now a big roundtable of local writers. Olin Buchanan's always with us here on the show. And we welcome right now Brent Zwerneman of the Houston Chronicle, Travis Brown of the Eagle, and Robert Cessna, also of the Bryan College Station Eagle. And let's dive into it, guys, this matchup with the Aggies and the Crimson Tide Saturday at Cowfield. All of our key storylines have something to do with a key element to this game if A&M's going to pull it off. So this is a A&M-Bama edition because Saturday, 2.30, Kyle Field on CBS, A&M and the Alabama Crimson Tide. And the Aggies are what one of only a handful, maybe five teams that have played two number ones in the same year 
They played Clemson in week two, and here you go playing Alabama. And if LSU keeps rolling, maybe they'll play another number one. Georgia, there could be a potential for a third number one as this schedule keeps rolling along. But there's what you got in front of you. The Crimson Tide coming into Kyle Field. Let's kind of break this thing down. Just some some initial thoughts on this game. What's on the line here for for the Aggies, and then we'll get into our key storylines. I think words of wisdom came uh, from uh, Dave Elmendorf today, and I said, you know, he's a great player, All American safety. I said, so as a safety, you know, how would you prepare? How how would what would be the strategy for this group of Alabama? Receivers, and he said, uh, as only a wise man would say, he said, play zone and run fast. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Play zone, run fast, and maybe you'll have a chance of slowing down that passing game man. in Alabama. As Keldrick Carper said, you can't stay in one thing because they'll figure it out and cut you up, especially as good as Tua Tungavailoa is and these receivers. Wow. Gabe, I thought it was interesting you mentioned the, uh, the – Five teams since the AP poll debuted in 1936 have played number one teams, two number one teams in the same season. Of course, in this case, it's Clemson and now Alabama. One of those four previous teams was Texas A&M back in 1970. They play at Ohio State, which is an unusual thing. It's almost like Clemson now, unusual part How of the schedule. How was that trip, uh, uh, Cease? <laughs> Went by train. I missed the kickoff. <laughs> Shocked you missed the kickoff. Yeah, and then at Texas to close out the regular season, yeah. two decided, you know, lopsided losses. I thought that was an interesting little nugget that here the Aggies are again playing a, a number one team. So we talked all, all offseason how tough the schedule was. It got amplified when now it's not just one, two, three, and four. It's one, one you know, two, three, four, whatever it is. Well, it kind of mirrors a little bit. And, and we were did a lot of talking before the season about that 1998 team, who I think played three or maybe four number twos um, that year. But it, things just quite haven't necessarily panned out uh, in, in the same way as that 1998 team this year. And I think uh, A&M is – it's going to be a tough one to come off a of bye week to go into a game like Alabama when you could have maybe had a Mississippi school or something to try to kind of find that – that stride a little bit in AM historically hasn't been very great out of bye weeks. And so uh, it's going to be quite the test. And I think that uh, there's definitely going to be a lot of to see what they were improved on through that, that bye week against a, a really tough opponent. I found it very interesting that they mentioned they have not yet looked at Alabama. They focused mm-hmm. on the here and now. They focused on themselves. They focused on getting back to just hitting, running, throwing and catching and playing fundamental football again. You know, we talked about this going this season, the big four, but they had a play, which became the big five when Auburn got off to a good start. But what I thought when I woke up today to think about Saturday's game is so huge, but this is really the last big home game of the year. I know they got Mississippi State and South Carolina, but as far as a ranked team and a big game, and a lot of people pointed to Alabama possibly being the team that A&M could upset because they familiarity with them and they're playing at home, but this is their last big home game. And we're talking about the upset. And if they don't upset them, they go to 3-3. Three and three. And I know they've been there before, but the two biggest games in are on the road. So that takes a lot of luster out of Kyle Field to me. And, you know, if they win a game, win this game, then so much would be so good so quickly. But it's the last big home game I see, I see of the year. I don't see home it game. that way because the way I, I understand is the last home game against a, a superior – ranked opponent but let's be honest the odds of AM pulling off this upset are, are pretty slim mm-hmm. and so after this one there's a very good and probably likely chance you're three and three and you're gonna have to win those those home games to just be bowl eligible mm-hmm. right so i think there's some really while not maybe the same uh Profile, high-profile game and high-profile opponent. I think there's going to be some really big home games. I never in the offseason ever thought in terms of will this team win enough to be bowl eligible. That was never a consideration when I was breaking it all down. And I came up with 9-4, and four, uh, same record as last year with a better team, tougher schedule. Obviously, it hasn't played out because the one that's thrown me for a loop and Auburn. I think is yeah is Auburn you guys really worried I did about not expect that to happen you really worried about Bowl after Bowl? they had yeah. escaped against Arkansas yeah. absolutely yeah yeah and we'd really yeah. be talking about it if that had if gone, lost if that, I would have oh, no caught that ball oh, yeah. at the end for Arkansas no no doubt about it then you're then it's 
become what do they have to do to become bowl? If eligible? you had to guess the record right now, would you go? I'm going seven to five. Would be my guess. If I had to guess the I record, I think that's my revised. I think, I think that would make sense, and that's probably what I would say. I, I think they're good enough, or they're potentially good enough to steal one against somebody that that's better. They're potentially, or not even potentially, they've been inconsistent enough to lose another to be six and six or, or five and seven. Yeah. When I was asking the offseason which of the big four games that would I predict a, an upset, I said Alabama at that time. I said because last year their only loss at home at Kyle Field, which was a change from the previous regime, was a two-point loss to Clemson where they had a chance to tie on a two-point conversion. I said of the big four games at that time, not counting Auburn, the only one at home was Alabama. So I said the one that they could potentially win – I'm not saying they can't, but obviously things have changed since that line well, of thinking as well. I bet you at that time you were thinking, like most of us, that A&M was going to have a pretty healthy pass rush. Mm-hmm. Sure. And, well, they don't. I thought I revised seven and five. I'm not too worried about bowl eligibility. If they lost Arkansas, like you guys said, then push the panic button. But I had a rough time believing they'd slip up two more times in addition to losing to Alabama, uh, Georgia, in LSU, because that means they have to go five and seven not to go there, and so I I could see them slipping up one more time, but two would be kind of tough for me to. Well, I'm not think, per- yeah, yeah, I'm saying yeah. I'm with Gabe. Possibly, seven yeah. and five makes yeah. sense to me, yeah. but I think we've seen enough reasons mm. to say mm. I don't. Other than UTSA, I don't think you look at any game on the schedule and say that's a win. Let's right. say let's say this way. Uh, give me. Like a shoe in, yeah. You yeah, got sure. to you got to show up to, play to be the Mississippi. You're going to have to earn it at Ole Miss. You're going to have to yeah, earn it at Mississippi Ole Miss is finally figuring out their quarterback situation. Yeah, let's with the say runner. they lose to Alabama and would go to Ole Miss and lose. Then you really push the panic button a little bit, like losing Arkansas, because then you have no room for error if you right. lose right. to Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a great thing that you got the uh, home field advantage <laughs> of Kyle Field, right? Or in your backyard, 102,000 strong, and the pageantry and tradition of just don't ask Kirk Herbstreit about the pageantry. <laughs> yeah, that was so home field advantage. Yeah. That was a uh, that was an interesting little tidbit to the press conference today with uh, that video coming out of Herb Street and Fowler kind of breaking down uh, what they didn't necessarily like about Kyle Field and so some of the the players and and coaches got asked about that a little bit today. Of course, they you know took the high road and took what they believe as 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 truth that it is intimidating and and I I, I kind of wanted to pitch this as as an open forum for everybody a little bit, but I, I think there's certain words that do describe the AM fan base and Kyle Field. I think impressive is one of them. I think when you go and you see the pageantry and you see the yells and everyone on board, I think hospitable and, and friendly and nice is one of them. I think um, very unique, very unique and, 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 and a staple of college football for sure. I have been places that are more intimidating. And I think that it, I think you, you can't necessarily have it both ways with, hospitable, friendly, um, a, a good a, a fan base of good people and intimidating because I think those two things are are mutually exclusive. We'll have more press row style with the local writers next on the Texags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. Key storylines entering the game with the Crimson Tide this Saturday, 2.30, Kyle Field on CBS and many of these stations carrying this program. Keys to A&M pulling off an upset or at least going into the fourth quarter thinking they got a shot and much more as we're joined for another segment in studio with Olin Buchanan of Texax.com. Also, Brent Zwerneman of the Houston Chronicle and from the Eagle, Travis Brown and Robert Seston. Because that offense is a dynamo. Yeah. And that's made them pretty dang difficult to beat right now and it's going to be difficult for anybody to beat them yeah especially because the way they they could throw the football i mean they've alabama's always been able to run but to a tonga vialoa and probably i mean the, the the best group of receivers in the country most explosive and probably at least three future first round draft choices at wide receiver if not four and man when you have those kind of guys like that let's be honest a&m's Speed in the secondary is probably average. That's why I think you're very kind, Ole. It's probably average. No, it's, it is average. And so that's why I think that um, 
what's imperative and why I'm, I'm somewhat uh, uh, pessimistic is that you have to pressure to a Tonga Vailoa because with that speed at receiver, if he has a lot of time, then you're asking for, you know, you're going to get burned and you're going to get, he's going to pick you apart and they're going to throw deep on you all day long. Unfortunately, we haven't seen anything from A&M's pass rush to make you think that they can get a consistent pressure on. You saw when Clemson could get a consistent pressure on Tua Tonga Vailoa, he became a very normal quarterback. That's right. Uh, A&M d- just ha- hasn't shown you any reason to believe that they're going to be able to mount that kind of consistent pass rush. We thought that they – I thought that they were going to have a good pass rush, but it just really hasn't hasn't come to fruition. When it comes to starting quick, I, I think the thing that I'm looking at the most is typically under Jimbo Fisher, if you want to be a little stereotypical, his offense usually tries to establish the run early. And it seems like they've something that they've leaned back on and then they've leaned back on and they've leaned back on again and again this season. And it's proven every time that they just don't have a rushing offense and there anybody who can produce any yards. And so I would be curious to see if that quick start might be go no huddle, get out there, fire the ball around, go, go a little big 12 on them and see if that works, just, just slinging the ball around and, and, and running those RPOs a little bit more. And then once that opens up, maybe that'll open things up for the pass. Uh, well, going out against everything he does, though. Right. I agree, but Anaya uh, Smith out there in space, I mean, get the man the football. You don't have I, – I don't trust that AM can line up and run between the tackles against these it's, suckers. It's interesting. The one thing that I think uh, – I can't remember who it was said, said today is that when I asked if they have new stuff or anything like that, they said, no, what they focused on is finding out what this team can do well over the offseason, and maybe that is slinging the ball around a little bit. They don't know that by now? Uh, yeah, that's oh, – yeah. And Jimbo did mention that South Carolina was able to go up-tempo. That's how they had success on offense. And when Jimbo was asked about the offensive line and running game, we've asked him several times, he made an effort to throw the tight ends and the running backs under the bus as well in the fact that it's not just the offensive line. So I think in, – in, uh, Olin touched on this maybe while off the air – He's going to try to hit, probably hit on something to keep long possessions if he can. So does that mean quick passes? Does that mean line, lining up uh, Smith in the backfield, hit him in a little flare, you know, quickly, get the ball in the perimeter, get eight or nine drive play drives if they can. It'll be interesting to see because I thought Jimbo looked to, had a laugh. He always says about treating every opponent the same. He wasn't the same to me. He wasn't the same coach up there talking to us like he was every Monday and I'm sure he's trying to devise ways to move the offense, keep the ball away, and I'll be interested to see how they attack that. Because you're right, Gabe, yeah. they can't go tackle to tackle. So what do you do? Do you put the guy in motion? Do you put Smith in the backfield, which you've touched on? Do a little quick outs. What do you do? Put two tight ends. It'll be interesting. Well, and, and the other the other interesting thing is this: at this time last year, we were the thing that we, one of the things we were talking about the most is how much uh, uh, Jimbo Fisher used the screen pass. To, to bolster the run game, and that's been pretty much kind of non-existent this season. I can only count two or three screen passes, and I know that also depends on what the defense gives you, but it seems like that would be a really good way to help bolster yeah. the, the run game. Q, QB run, too. We've been Long talking about that a lot, but he had 100 yards rushing against Alabama on the road last year. But it ultimately comes down, and your point is, something you're about to hit on here is, it still goes to, can you block those suckers up front, and then can you get some pressure Stop their run game and win the battle in the trenches on defense, too. Offense and defense. We've talked about the defensive line for Alabama may not be as great. Still five stars, but not with much experience. And Jimbo also touched on one thing. In games like this, you got to mano mano. you got to win a lot of one-on-one battles. And that offensive line hasn't won one-on-one battles against the Arkansas's in the, in the you know, Clemson's and the Auburn's. Texas States. And so now is their chance. They've got to step up. They've got to win those five on four or five on five. And that means the green boys. Uh, that means who's ever at center can't be a sieve. So, I mean, I don't care. It'll be interesting to see. And I'm sure he's appealed to their manhood during this, this bye week. But if they don't win enough battles man on man, because – uh, Olin's right. If they don't get any kind of pressure at all on Tua, forget it. If you give that guy four seconds, just get the band ready for the extra point. I mean, they got to put pressure on them. And if they blitz, I don't think that's the way to do it. You start bringing five or six, they're going to hit one of those wide receivers, and they're going to go to the well, house. They're going to have to choose. blitz. They're just going to have to pick and choose and try to be smart about when they do it. Yep. Thought it, he's touched on something interesting with, with Jimbo Fisher, which I thought for the second straight year, he's usually pretty loose on Mondays. With us, you know, with the game day still being five, six days away or whatever. 
he's tight during Alabama. When I say tight, I don't mean that necessarily as a criticism. I mean it as he's facing his mentor and he wants to beat his mentor. His mentor is not faceless. It's Nick Saban. And you can tell it even on Monday that he's yeah. he's fired up and he's ready to take on his guy. And he gets him, uh, what, on his – am I right here? For the first time, he's facing his mentor on his home field. Right? Correct. Yeah, he's okay, because right. the other one was in Atlanta. Neutral site. In Atlanta, neutral site, and then last year in Tuscaloosa. So now he's getting his guy, his mentor, the man he really – you know, he taught him a lot about this game on his home field for the first time. Yeah, I think, and I thought you could tell even on a Monday, Jimbo's ready to play. This 15 minute media day was a diversion. <laughs> All right, I mean, this was—he didn't like. I mean, you know, he he has to do it. That's but good. he was up there putting. We'll in take some a work couple more questions on the yeah. film. Yeah. I mean, I'm interested to see Wednesday radio show what that uh, demeanor is like. Oh, that's, that's a another, good point. Yeah. That's another takeaway from from the game planning. I like one of I thought one of his best chuckles is the day when someone asked a question about all the assistance changes. And he goes, that's Nick Saban's offense. That's Nick Saban's defense. Right. And he chuckled and laughed. He said, they're doing the same things that they're doing now when I was there. And he meant when he was at LSU. I mean, gone way back. This yeah. is Nick Saban. Just like Jimbo has his hand and on everything, Nick's, Nick Saban has his Jimbo hand on everything. Jimbo doesn't often reference Florida State either. But he did today when he talked about, hey, the year you know, we won the national championship at Florida State. What he said, he lost six assistants a year before from mm-hmm. the year prior. So that was a, a, a rare FSU yes, it reference was. from Jimbo. Right. And it was all Jimbo. With the point of saying, it's all Nick Saban. It's not about the coordinators with, and the with assistants. With a little bit, since you're talking about how successful Nick Saban and Alabama have been, you could also read a little, little humble brag there. little remi- you know, little reminder, reminder that we did yeah. win the national yeah. championship. Right. Yeah. yeah, that was good. Yeah. Olin? It comes down to all this kind of stuff. You got to start fast. You got to block the guys. You got to get a run game. You got to pressure too. There's a lot of things. It's hard to beat number one, but you also have a real point you want to make. You got to stay away from turnovers. It's so easy to say it. It's so hard to do. A and M when they beat uh, when they beat Alabama in 2012. You know they had Johnny Manziel. You know what else they had? No turnovers. And Alabama had three in the in the six games since then. So 2013 till to, to last year, A and M has committed 14 turnovers against Alabama. Alabama has had five. Five of, a- of A&M's 14 turnovers have led directly to touchdowns. And Gabe could tell you who scored every one of them. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, Mika uh, Fitzpatrick, wise, Eddie Jackson, <laughs> Jonathan Allen on the Trevor Knight fumble, and, and, then, Sinceri. and then Sinceri. And the guy who threw three of them won a game in the NFL. You're my night of that when you have him on here? The or? point is that <laughs> right. Alabama is so good that you, you can't help them. Our thanks to the local beat writers that cover Texas A&M football. We'll take a timeout. We'll go in the trenches with Cole Kubelik of the SEC Network next on the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report, CRM Sports Network. Message and data rates may apply. Please do not text and drive. See purple.com for terms and conditions. And now for an important announcement. Do you, or does someone you know, sweat the bed? Do you ever wake up feeling like you've been sleeping on a slip and slide? Sweating the bed is a serious but a common problem that affects your sleep, health, and happiness. Plus, it's just plain gross. But it's not you. It's your mattress. Fortunately, there is a cure. It's called Purple. Purple is the only mattress with a scientifically engineered smart comfort grid. This patented technology is designed to let air flow freely so you sleep cool. Side effects of sleeping on Purple include sleeping better, feeling better, and, well, honestly, smelling better. Try the Purple mattress risk-free for 100 nights and never sweat the bed again. And for a limited time, pick a free Purple product with your mattress purchase by texting AWESOME to 84888. The coolest sleep of your life and a free Purple product by texting AWESOME to 84888. That's A-W-E-S-O-M-E to 84888. If you're worried about your cholesterol, hear how others are taking charge with garlic. My doctor said my cholesterol was borderline, but I've been taking garlic and it works. I've been taking garlic for years. My pharmacist recommended garlic. He said there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. I take garlic every day. No garlic breath. Lots of people like you are choosing garlic to help maintain a healthy cholesterol. Garlic, it's cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. 
This is a cow. A cow whose milk became everyone's favorite cheese at the craft fair. But cheese only lasts so long. The impression a small business makes needs to last much longer. And now Vistaprint is introducing free shipping on all business cards in any quantity. Choose from hundreds of fresh designs tailored to your type of company. Or upload your own. The choice is yours. The time is now. For a limited time only, get free shipping on all business cards in any quantity with promo code 9999. That's promo code 9999 at Vistaprint.com. Vistaprint. Own the now. As a business owner, your daily focus is on increasing sales, decreasing expenses, and maximizing profit. And while you may have insurance for your business, you may not know if the coverage is adequate or if you're paying too much. With Dexter & Company Insurance, they'd like to help you out. Since 1876, Dexter & Company has been serving the business, home, and auto insurance needs of Texans for a reason. They provide the most comprehensive insurance coverage at the best price. For a quote on your insurance, call 764-8444 or click DexterCompany.com and see what Dexter & Company can do for you. Time to go in the trenches on the Texas Maroon and White Report, CRM Sports Network. Gabe Bach with you, and we'll go out to the phone line right now and dive into AM and Bama and other storylines around the SEC and more with Cole Kublik of the SEC Network on the phone line. You got to get out there and play. You got to make plays, got to make tackles, throw the ball, catch the ball, run the ball, put points on the board. So, uh, and, and you, you got to put a game plan together. Yep. And obviously Alabama can't continue to just run the same stuff they've been running. Texas A&M is going to change what they do a little bit. So uh, I think just from a coaching perspective, it's an intriguing matchup. And then obviously there are a couple of little interesting matchups from position group and personnel standpoint that I'm intrigued to see Saturday afternoon. What intrigues you most game within the game, Cole? First and foremost, it's this Chris Owens injury on the Alabama offensive line. I think uh, you know he. I don't expect that he's going to play at center for Alabama, and he's he's really come along the last few weeks. So that means if it's me, I think Landon Dickerson goes from right guard to center. I think Landon Dickerson's a big, powerful kid. I think he plays nasty, plays mean, plays the game the way you like to see it played. But I think athletically, he's limited. Uh, he doesn't have very good lateral quickness, and I think he struggles to climb to the second level and, and get on linebackers at certain times and. That means Deontay Brown, who started a lot of games for Alabama last year and played well, probably goes to right guard. He's out of shape right now. Um, you know, he looked gassed the last time we saw him against Ole Miss, uh, filling in a little bit at left guard and right guard, and looked much more comfortable at left guard than he did at right guard because uh, he played both in that game and started at left guard a season ago. So now you got a true freshman in Evan Deal at left guard, a new center and a guy that's new to this football team playing and Landon Dickerson, and then you're taking your former left guard who's only played in one game this year and putting him at right guard. Now, that if, you, if you're just talking about mass, I don't know if you have a combined weight of a middle three any heavier than that in college football because you're looking at like 360, 330, and like probably three right now, 355, 360, somewhere in that range. But, you know, as far as athleticism and quickness and then continuity being on the same page, I think that could be a problem when you're talking about what Bobby Brown and Justin Matabike are capable of doing inside on that Texas A&M defensive line. So that could be a problem. Now, is that going to ultimately be the difference in the game? No. We know the secondary is going to have to play well. You're going to have to get stops. You're going to have to tackle well. Those are things that are going to happen, have to happen on the second and third level for that A&M defense. But if A&M can hit two a little bit, that's one thing we really haven't seen. Nobody's really right. been able to get to him and hit him and get the ball out quick. And we've seen in the past, he's a different guy when he gets hit a little bit. If that can happen uh, for Coach Elko's defense, that that may change the flow of this game a little bit for a Yeah, that's going to be very interesting. And, and adding to that, uh, Chris Owens' element is he went to the same high school and was on the same team at Arlington Lamar with Bobby Brown. So that was that they were going to figure to go nose-to-nose against each other. And now that could be a, a, an interesting element of how they shake things up. The Sark-Elko chess match, though, Cole, you touched on it right there. How much fun of a battle is that going to be to watch in the quarterback confusion game and a guy who probably invites the blitz a lot because that's going to just invite uh, single coverage on the outside with his great with his great receiver. So you can't just blitz him all day long, can you? Yeah, I've talked to some coaches that have coached against this unit the last couple of weeks. And I've I've kind of said, you know, hey, off the record, if you could do it again, or you know, even guys who helped with the game plan, how, how do you think future teams are going to play this this offense? And there's a growing sentiment that a lot of teams are 
going to begin to play off of this Alabama receiving core and mm-hmm. maybe play some cloud coverage, some cover four with four deep safeties and not necessarily try to jam as much. Because if you jam and miss, it's over. Oh, yeah. And you know, there it, it's kind of it's, it's really both sides of the fence here because there are people who tell you you have to jam them to disrupt their timing and try to get them off their track. But if you don't get them, then it's it's, it's going for a touchdown. But I, I you haven't seen a lot of teams really make Alabama work. And one thing that I like about Coach Elko is his patience. He doesn't seem to be you know he's not Jolie Dunn esque where he's just going to bring pressure to bring pressure. Mm-hmm. He's calculated with when he brings his pressure. So if you could make Alabama work, I wonder who would get greedy first. And I always think that offenses get greedy before defense, especially if it's an offense that's used to scoring and used to moving the ball. You can usually anticipate they're going to get greedy before you do. They're going to try to force something downfield. They're going to take a throw that's not there just because they're used to that happening for them. Now, I think if the team's running up and down the field on you, the defense is probably going to get greedy first because they're just going to have to try to find a way to get a stop. So if A&M can play off a little bit and just make Alabama work, just just turn four and six play drives into 11 and 14 play drives, number one, that increases your chances for a mistake. You're playing at home, so obviously the communication is going to be a little bit different. And then number two, you know, you take you run the risk of them maybe getting a little bit greedy before you do and that gives you an opportunity to potentially go make a play. So that, I'll be interested to see if, if maybe that's the direction that Coach Elko wants to go and maybe how he wants to try to play this offense because I do think that there are certain teams are going to try to play Alabama that way in the future. And when you've got a good defensive line, you can play fewer numbers in the box, and that gives you different opportunities to do things on the back end, and A&M has that. Cole Kublik with us from the SEC Network every Tuesday about this time, about 9.35 on the 12th Man Technology Hotline. Cole, Ole Miss was able to run the ball for 279 yards, and it was the, the freshman quarterback on the road in Plumlee, and it wasn't even uh, Scotty Phillips. It was their number two and three, and they had about six yards of carry. Bama doesn't seem, at least on paper, quite as dominant in that front seven with all those freshmen playing in the interior. How do you think Jimbo – gets creative, and tries to find some success on this uh, run defense of Alabama? Well, I think it's got to be heavy zone scheme because that at least gives – it doesn't require a lot of movement. And I think when you, when you have guys who can hold the point of attack very well, when you try to run gap scheme stuff, that's where you know, guys get clogged up and you get a Raekwon Davis who's pushing somebody back into the track of a pulling guard, and then all of a sudden you get a, a linebacker, a defensive end that's freed up and he's able to make the play – you run that zone stuff and you kind of stretch it out, stretch it out, make them run to the sideline. You know, maybe you'll force the, force the linebackers to see things a little bit differently. Then you get throwbacks to the tight end. You get a couple of screens there. You get a quarterback counter. Our thanks to Cole Kublik. When we come back, we'll talk to the coach about A&M, the team he coached, and the team he played for, Alabama. We'll do that next on the Texas. That's Jackie Sherrill. We'll do that next on the Texas Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. Gabe Bach with you on the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network, and it's time to get into this matchup with his alma mater and the team that he's so synonymous with that he coached, Texas A&M and Alabama. He played for Coach Paul Bear Bryant. He coached at A&M 1982 through 88. Coach Jackie Sherrill with us right now on the phone line. Coach, we've been talking a lot about the run game here, and it does. In this league, you know it. It starts in the trenches, and you've coached in this league and, and even played in the old days in this league. But the offensive line struggles, Coach. Is that more about uh, physical ability right now, what you're seeing with the A&M offensive front, or communication issues? And how do you, how do you work okay, it out let, against let me, Alabama? Let me ask you this question. Okay. How many offensive linemen do we have that are first-round draft choices? Maybe, Maybe one, but one. he's a true freshman. <laughs> yeah, so that's your answer. <clears throat> and it comes back, it doesn't make any difference. You look at Sunday or Thursday night, Monday night, uh, pro football, 
the teams that have the better upfront people are the teams that win. You know, everybody talks about Brady or Mahomes, but if you put Brady on an average football team up front, uh, he will he'll get sacked just like the others. So, you know, it takes time, and you know we have a couple of players. We have one in in up front uh, right now that is. I wish we could have him for five years and get other people around him, but. You know, to me, he's one of the top players in the country. The other one is the Brown kid. If, if to me, Brown from Auburn uh, should be in the Heisman Trophy uh, conversation. Of course, he won't win it. But to me, watching that kid play, and if you had, you know, two, three, or four of those guys, uh, you'd win a lot more than you would lose. Um, you talk about, you know, the the – need to be strong up front that goes you know offensive too so um and, and defensive line so yeah. alabama um has uh has two atonga at quarterback they've got uh uh they, they've got these amazing group of, of receivers so the, can we just draw it down you know take it down to for for a and m to have any any chance to uh to slow down that passing uh, the Alabama pass game, does it just come down to whether or not they can get pressure? Well, the key to beating Alabama or beating and the teams that I've had that we've lined up in, and I always would tell the players, if you're going to beat Alabama, and it goes all the way back when we first started the run against Texas, we're not going to outrun them because they have a lot more speed than we do. So don't get in to attract me. If you're gonna, if we're gonna win the game, we have to win the game in the box. That means we have to be more physical, and you don't have to be the fastest or the strongest. Uh, you know, you can you can be very physical and still beat Alabama if you make them play in the box. Now, can we make them play in the box? That's the question. But I would say that's the game plan that we know that we need to control the line of scrimmage somehow and also try to, to be able to run the football. Coach, staying with it defensively, and as talented as they are and as smart of a sucker as he is at the quarterback position as well, he's not just really good and he's got all those weapons, but he's really smart too. So you can probably pick up on a lot of disguise things you're trying to do, but Elko is also really good at the quarterback confusion game. So how much of that is – how important is it to try to find that balance of you know where you're going to bring the pressure, when you're going to bring extra guys, and then play back, and then how you disguise that pre-snap? How important is all that cat and mouse nut stuff before the snap? It is important. And, you know, when you game plan, uh, one thing as a defensive coach, you have to know all their blocking schemes. And you have to put one more person in there than they can block, whether it's off the, the weak side. When I say weak, you know, the – side that doesn't have the most receivers or you can do some things inside but you have to figure out what their blocking schemes are and be able to put one more man than they can block on that side and if that happens then you can put pressure if you look at alabama this year i don't see very much pressure from the teams that they have played now can and him put pressure, I think they can because they've got the really good push inside. We just need to come off the edge with some speed <clears throat> to be able to get there. But it's it's not Einstein. You have to have one more guy than they can block. So last thing for you, Coach. The Aggies find a way to keep this thing close in fourth quarter, and we're sawing them off. And there's a hundred and something thousand, and all these recruits. It's one of the best recruiting weekends um, since a And moved to the SEC in terms of talent on campus. And everybody's all fired up and thinking and smelling upset. If what? What's got to happen? The one thing that has to happen for a And maybe to think about pulling this thing off. Don't turn the ball over. 
There you go, OB. I think that in every game, if you protect the football, it gives you a chance to win. Thank you, Coach Cheryl. We'll come back and run down the games that matter in the SEC, and there's a lot of them. So we'll do it quick. We'll get into some key storylines and keys to the game. If A&M is going to pull it off and pull off a, they're a three-score dog right now at about 17-and-a-half at the time we're recording this show, can A&M keep it close and think upset late at Kyle Field? We'll get into the keys and how that happens next as we close out the Texags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. All across Texas and beyond, people are buying from Tom Light Chevrolet. Why? Because we constantly challenge ourselves to give you unrivaled savings. With the most competitive internet pricing available, there's no need to drive all over the map for the best closeout deals of the year. Tom Light Chevrolet has the largest selection of Silverados, Cruises, Corvettes, and Camaros in the Brazos Valley. You want more for your trade? Come in and get a free cash offer on your old car with no obligation to buy. Tom White Chevrolet is your official Auto Trader trade-in marketplace dealership. Feel free to walk away with cash or use it as a down payment on your new Chevy. Because we know that when you see these amazing closeout prices, you'll never want to shop anywhere else. That's why since 1972, all roads lead to Tom Light Chevrolet. Come and see our team at North Earl Rudder Freeway in Bryant or shop us online all the time at TomLight.com. Chevy, find new roads. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over-the-counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. I want to keep my heart healthy, so I get my cholesterol checked regularly. And when my doctor told me my cholesterol was borderline, I found garlic. According to my pharmacist, there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. And one garlic tablet is equal to a whole clove of garlic, except it's odor-free. Yep, I'm doing what I can for my cholesterol, and I'm doing it with garlic. Garlic, cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How do I feel? Awesome. Like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Hundreds of thousands of people are discovering the relief of a fixed-rate debt consolidation loan through Avant. I paid off all my credit cards, and now I just have one easy monthly payment with Avant. And I don't have to worry about the rates going up. Avant offers you access to unsecured debt consolidation loans from $2,000 to $35,000. When I saw Avant was accredited by the Better Business Bureau, I knew that was the company for me. Do you know how good it feels to only worry about one monthly payment? Experience the relief of a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5252 when applying. Avant.com code 5252. That's Avant.com code 5252. Hey y'all, Jeff Foxworthy here. Now, if you've ever found yourself repeating the same thing over and over for 75 years, you might be Smokey Bear. Only you can prevent wildfires. That's why I'm filling in for Smokey to switch things up, because there's a lot more to say. And I should know, because my grandfather was a firefighter. And one of the things he taught me is that the people that love the outdoors the most are often the ones accidentally starting wildfires, which means... Always BYOB. <laughs> no, bring your own bucket to the campfire. And be extra careful with things like burning yard trimmings. Don't just walk away, or chances are you might be starting a wildfire. So, for the love of the outdoors, go to smokybear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council.
Welcome back. Gabe Bach with you. Final segment of the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. And let's quickly run down the games, a schedule, and a quick pick of the games that matter in the SEC in Week 7. South Carolina at 2-3, and 1-2 and two in the SEC at Georgia. Third-ranked team in the country at 5-0, and 2-0 and in the league. It's an early 11 o'clock Central time kick. Noon local time at Sanford Stadium between the hedges on ESPN. Georgia favored by 24-and-a-half, and I think they cover it. Now, Georgia... I don't love their passing game. I don't like their uh, ability to get to the quarterback right now, but you you got to love the fact that the quarterback is a veteran. He's not he's not screwing up. I mean, he's he's going to manage the game very well. He'll get it out to some of those young playmakers when he needs to, and they're going to run the football. He's been sacked one time all year. I mean, one or two times all year. They're going to run the football. South Carolina has a ton of trouble stopping it, and I think Georgia just controls and dominates this game, so I think they cover the 24-and-a-half. That's a lot of points, though. Mississippi State, 3-2, and 1-1 one one in the SEC at Tennessee. 1-4, and 0-2 oh in the league. They're terrible. It's at 11 o'clock at Neyland Stadium on the SEC Network. MSU, a road favorite. We got Tennessee here as a home dog by a touchdown, almost. Six and a half. And I think Mississippi State goes in there. and here, Think about what we're saying. Mississippi State goes to Tennessee as a six-and-a-half point favorite. And I'm saying no doubt cover. And I don't even love the Bulldogs this year. That's how bad it is in Tennessee. They finally found a little something with their freshman quarterback, and he gets injured. And now they don't know if he's playing this weekend or not at the time we're recording this show. I'm saying Mississippi State covers that. Now That's the world we live in right now. That's just how bad it's gotten at Tennessee. Not, And that says it's a lot more about what the state of Tennessee than it is the state of Mississippi State right now. Not game number three, Ole Miss, three and three, two and one in the league at Missouri, four and one, one and zero in the SEC. It's a night game, six o'clock for Old Field on ESPN two. Missouri at home, favored by eleven and a half. I think that it's going to be interesting. John Rise Plumley running the football with Rich Rod. He's a freshman, and what he's doing at quarterback for Ole Miss with no Kel Garrett. I've been going back and forth on this, and I think the Rebels are going to. I don't think Mizzou covers eleven and a half, even at home. And they'll score some points, but Kelly Bryant's got an injured knee, and he'll play. Kel Garrett looks like one of the top four players, four or five players in the country, or in, in the SEC defensively, and he's out for an extended period, maybe the year, with a pec injury. And, and he's been a huge key to Missouri's rise defensively. So I think Ole Miss, I'll go Ole Miss in the points there. 11 and a half is a lot. All right, Arkansas 2-3, and 0-2 oh in the SEC at Kentucky. 2-3, 0-3 oh in the league. 6.30, Kroger Field, SEC Network. You got Cole Kublik and Tom Hart and Jordan Rogers on the call there. Kentucky, a home favorite by 6.5. I'll go Arkansas on the points. Kentucky, I think Kentucky wins, but they're a bad football team right now. They're really bad at the quarterback. They, they, they are devoid of playmakers outside of Lynn Bowden. And I think Arkansas, who, you know, their, their quarterback situation isn't brutal. Their running back's really good. And then they've got some developing playmakers on the outside, and they're not bad in the trenches with a good linebacker and a good good defensive tackle. They've got one good player at all three levels of their defense. I'm not sure Kentucky's got that at all. I think Kentucky wins it because it's at home, but I'll say Arkansas in the points. All right, how about this game in Death Valley? Number seven, Florida, six and zero, three and zero in the league at number five, LSU, five and zero, one and zero in the SEC. Seven o'clock at Tiger Stadium on ESPN. LSU minus 13 and a half. <clears throat> and we're saying, can Florida slow down LSU's passing attack? That's where we are in college football right now with LSU and what they're doing. I'll go Florida in the points, but LSU wins the game. I think LSU wins it because they're at home. Florida's defense is outstanding. And Dan, the Dan Mullen factor, too, will keep this game close. Florida in the points. That's an easy pick for me, I think, on that one. All right, and finally, the game at Kyle Field. Number one ranked Alabama, five and zero, two and zero in the SEC against number twenty four A and M. The Aggies are three and two, one and one in the league. Two thirty, Kyle Field on CBS and many of these stations. Alabama favored by seventeen and a half, and so much on the line. Yet, what really is there to lose for A and M? I mean, the entire college football world thinks Alabama is going to come in here and roll tide, and they very well could do just that. But you have to put the pigskin on the turf and go play the football game. And this is a chance to go out there and play your best football and maybe you just catch Alabama on a night where they're a little sluggish and you can find a way to pull an upset here and slay the dragon. Okay, It's not going to be easy, but upsets happen every week in college football. And one of the larger recruiting events in years, countless blue-chip recruits from 2020, 
2021 and 22 are going to be on hand coming in from all over the country go out there cut loose play free and clear you never know what's going to happen on any given saturday here are my keys real quick for the aggies number one star fast i mean you've been this has been a big big issue for the past couple of big games for a&m the clemson game and auburn got down way too big you can't dig a double digit hole and have to play from behind against alabama you just can't so you got to hit some big plays and that's number two you got to have them they're going to have them you know the tide's going to get plenty of big plays and going to score a bunch of points so you got to do the same number three zero turnovers if you're going to beat alabama you cannot turn the football over got to go plus two on the turnover margin somehow find a way to create takeaways which is very tough to do against this group two has got no picks this year zero and you absolutely can't give it back to them okay and that's been an issue since 2013 old buchanan looked it up 14 turnovers against bama five of them returned directly for touchdowns that can't happen number four pre-snap quarterback confusion when alabama's got the ball that cat and mouse game between elko and steve sarkeesian you got to change it up keep to a guessing pre-snap and that's very tough to do because of how smart that guy is uh, but elko is as good as it gets in this department so i'm looking forward to that number five pressure to it without having to bring the kitchen sink every snap too you bring extra defenders on the blitz you open up your back end and expose them against very good receivers the best receiving core in the country he's deadly when you give his wide receivers man coverage he's deadly anyway change it up confuse him and you got to pressure him but if you can pressure him and get to him a few times without a blitz that's going to help you a lot and then finally find a way to run the football with mon with courtney davis on end of rounds with anaya smith coming in and helping out uh jet sweep action whatever you can do attack the edges if you can it's gonna be hard to run in between the tackles uh of course your running backs are gonna have to be involved you need 125 plus yards on the ground at least to maintain balance now that seems like a lot against that group and a&m's had trouble doing it the aggies got 50 what 56 against clemson and 53 against auburn something like that and i'm asking for 125 but with the quarterback involvement in the run game i think it can happen i'm not predicting it's going to happen but i think you can do enough to maintain balance bama's number 51 in run defense teams are running on them and they're very very young in the interior defense they're going to start four true freshmen uh, out of their front seven so you got that going they absolutely have to find a way to do enough in the run game so it's not all on the right arm of kellen mond and if you get behind you get the run game's not working and bama knows you got to pass you're in for a long day. So you got to find a way to run the football at least enough. My prediction, I'll go A&M in the points, Alabama 38, Texas A&M 24 at Kyle Field. All right, hope you enjoyed the show. Big thanks to all the writers, the local beat writers who came in on the program. Also, Cole Kubelik and Jackie Sherrill, our producer, Dalton Hughes. Next week, we'll break down this game frontwards and backwards. We'll dive deep into it, and then we'll look ahead to the trip to Ole Miss. We'll do that next week on the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. I'm Gabe Bob.